welcome to the Audio Advocate for December 2023. I am Madeline Pella-White, the Virginia Conference Director of Communications. On this podcast, we cover headlines from around the denomination, but also have a featured news or featured story as often as we can. Here are our headlines for the month from around the conference. The Conference Office of Connectional Ministries and the Center for Clergy Excellence are partnering together to share a service of lessons and carols for Christmas Eve use or for December 31st. Please use and share this resource if it will be helpful for your ministry context. The service is now shared on the conference Facebook page and also on the conference website. In the new year, Take a listen to a podcast episode with Bishop Sue and Reverend Joanne Battinger, Assistant Director for Missional Engagement, as they share food around the table, invite you to the conversation, and talk about mission, the UMC, and Bishop's recent trip to Cambodia. At the end of the year, be sure to check out the conference Facebook for a quick wrap-up video of big headlines and stories from around the VA UMC in 2023. And now for our featured section. For our featured story, I talked with Lauren Soljank, Flores UMC's Access Ministries Coordinator for inclusion support, programming, accommodations for people with disabilities in mid-December about a mission trip that participants from Flores just embarked on. Flores UMC, which is in Herndon, Virginia, most recently took part in a new model of mission on December 8th. And Lauren, can you share more details about that new model? Sure. So um, our mission trip was for adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And it was the first time that Flores has been able to send a team of people with disabilities out to do mission work. Um, You know, at, at different events and activities and programs at the church, we have people of all abilities serving but to be able to go out into a different community, have an overnight experience, um, you know, build the bonds with your teammates that happen on a mission trip and to experience doing work for God um, was a really unique experience. And it was the first time that any of our participants had been able to go on a mission trip. So this was this experience was organized by Access Ministries at Flores. Can you talk to us about what that ministry is at Flores? Sure. So access ministries is the term that we've given to our disability ministry. Um, You know, literally giving access to all people to different things that um, occur in and outside of the church. Um, We have a buddy program on Sunday mornings so that children can participate in Kid Nation programming, um, our, our Sunday school program. We offer support to student ministries so that teenagers who have disabilities or neurodivergence are able to acclimate and participate in the programs we have there. And Access Ministries also runs um, uh, a program for adults with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And we have like a monthly lunch social We have a summer program that we do once a week. Um, We offer work experience internships in our building for people to come and, you know, Flora serves as their employer. Um, And then we also are looking at expanding into doing um, 
a Sunday morning class for adults with disabilities. So it would be a modified um, curriculum, but you know, a, a group where adults can come together and talk about their faith and ask questions about God and connect with each other and learn how to pray together. Um, so that's a little bit about what Access Ministries is. So how long has Access Ministries been um, at Flores UMC and how does that kind of influence the overall mission that Flores wants to do? That's a great question. So my job has existed for little over two years. I started in the summer of 2021. However, before my job was created, Flores had a work stream, which was a group of, um, basically a focus group of people coming together to talk about how Flores can serve the, the needs of people with disabilities and create programming um, and education opportunities on things that, uh, you know, would be pertinent to that community, therefore truly welcoming all people and being mindful that not all people learn the same way or have the same needs in programming or, you know, are going to um, have the same abilities when it comes to different things. So that group then went on to make the recommendation that my position was created. And they took it to the church council and to the um, staff parish relations committee. And Flores decided, yes, this is something that we want to do. Um, my background is in special education. So I was a teacher coming into this. And, um, you know, being able to help to coach other staff members who work with children in behavioral prompts and, um, you know, different uh, sensory uh, processing difficulties or things like that to be able to um, modify our programming, our environment, and our expectations so that all children can participate has been a really fun and rewarding experience for me. Um, I got really lucky to be able to find something in my field without still having to be in the classroom. Um, so that's a little bit about that. What would you say to other churches who are interested in what you all are, ha have been working on, what you're working towards? What would be some reflections that you would have on things to keep in mind um, if other churches would like to do ministries like this? I was fortunate in the sense that the position already existed before I applied. So I did not have to go through what a number of congregations might have to experience in trying to sell it to the congregation or to the clergy or to the other church leadership, that this is a relevant and necessary approach to ministering to all people. Um, you know, the rate for autism right now, one in 68 live births is a person who is going to land somewhere on the autism spectrum. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of children. That's a lot of children becoming teenagers. And that's a lot of teenagers becoming adults. And, you know, being aware of how different people communicate or experience things and 
being mindful of different ways to modify the environment so that it meets the needs of more people and is more universally um, approachable or um, accessible is a great way to go. So my suggestion to start might be to find out who in your congregation may need different services or programming, who in your congregation may have a background in education or in social work or in speech language pathology or in behavior therapy or in psychology that might be able to help advise different ways that you can approach this in your congregation. Um, you know, when we think about getting outside the doors of our own buildings, thinking about that one in 68, people in our community are experiencing this. So find out how many families in your neighborhood maybe aren't going to church because they're afraid that their child might not be welcome, or they're afraid that their teenager might get made fun of, or they're afraid that people might turn around and make faces of disapproval if somebody has a vocalization during um, a church service. You know, these are things that people do. Those are things that happen. If somebody coughs in a service, we don't bat an eyelash. But if somebody yelp, you know, lets out a noise, sometimes people turn around. So where can we provide the education um, so that all people are welcomed in a different way? So that, you know, our pews are filled with people seeking to experience togetherness, connection, and God's love, and are are feeling it when they're there. Um, so I would start looking at your community, figure out what your congregation, who's in your congregation, who has what needs, who knows what, and then figure out what your community needs to be able to serve. Thank you so much for that. Um, to not get too far away from the mission trip that we were just speaking of. So at the time of us recording this, it's, it is not that far in the past. It's about a week um, prior to this. So what was the experience like for the team? We had a wonderful time on our trip. We were gone from Friday afternoon until um, Sunday afternoon. And we went to Philadelphia and we worked with a group called uh, the Philadelphia Project, which is a nonprofit in Philadelphia that has church partners and community partners. Um, they are there to provide mission experiences for children and students. And when I approached them about an opportunity to customize a trip for adults with disabilities, um, they were 400% on board with setting it up and saying yes and asking questions, offering choices, being flexible in the scheduling and helping to create an overall wonderful mission experience for the adults who got to go. Um, you know, sometimes all it starts with is a yes and the rest falls into place. And this was a group that said, yes, absolutely. Um, how can we help serve you? And that was really refreshing. Um, you know, we had the idea over a year ago to do something like this. And one of the things that I kept running into, if you Google mission trips for people with disabilities, and again, the word there is for people with disabilities, meaning that somebody with a disability would be the person who is going and performing the service work. 
it's still backwards. It still comes up as opportunities all over the country to go and volunteer and serve in a day program or in you know, a summer camp for children with disabilities. The opportunities for a person who has Down syndrome or a person who is on the autism spectrum um, to go and serve were not out there. So we had to create something. So how many logistically on the trip, how many adults ended up going and what was the nature of the mission work? Sure. Originally, we had nine participants, I'm sorry, 10 participants registered to go. We had a beautiful mix of five men and five women, um, all of whom I have had the pleasure of knowing through different ministry events at Flores. I would be willing to open it up to the community next time to invite more people to join our team and go and serve. Um, I would have to screen things a little bit differently to get to know people ahead of time and make sure that their individual needs were being met. But, you know, I'd rather build a bigger table um, than, than say that we're not able to accommodate that. Um, so there were 10 registered and seven ended up going. One person wasn't feeling very well and, um, one young woman found out that there was a dance that she was gonna be able to attend. So she opted to go for that. And then there was a young man who was acting in a play this weekend. So he was not able to attend in the end anyhow. Um, we actually had to reschedule. We were looking at going in September and that didn't quite work out for September. So we had to bump to December. Um, we went to two, we split the group into two different groups when we were there and went and served at two different churches in Philadelphia. Um, at one of the churches, three of our adults and one of our volunteers went and their job was to attach like the footholds using a drill um, onto a wooden climbing wall. So they learned how to measure, learned how to mark where um, the screws were going to go and then operated the drill to attach all of these. And on Sunday morning, I was fortunate enough to test it out. It, it, it held, it was good. Um, and then the other group went to a different church where they completed, gosh, roughly 200 Christmas cards and also probably close to a hundred toiletry bags for people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, the cards were to hand out at the holiday lunch that this church was gonna be hosting for all members of their community. And then also to put inside the bags as they pass those out um, to people in Philadelphia. So we were busy. We were busy for a few hours and you know, one of the really great things that happened is that both of the work sites, one of the participants commented about how nice it was to be able to help people. That's wonderful. Yeah, I was going to ask um, for the participants who went, what was some of their feedback to you about this experience? Well, they had a wonderful time in general, just being able to go away from home for a weekend and be treated as an adult mm -hmm. and to be independent of their families in a setting. Um, 
we stayed in a former college dormitory. So we had bunk beds and we had bathrooms down the hall and we scheduled shower time. And, you know, it was very much an independent experience for them. Um, but more so as we came together for our worship time on Saturday evening after we'd worked all day, we had a really good conversation and prayer session about God making people just the way he needs them to be and giving each person the gifts and the skills that God needs them to have. And one of the young ladies who has Down syndrome and is sometimes a little hard to understand, she got a little choked up and she said, that really is nice knowing that God likes me just like I am. Mm -hmm. And I said, God loves you just like you are. And, and we kind of took that as our, our, our lesson of the weekend that everyone just the way they are has gifts and talents that they can offer to those around us and has an opportunity to serve and to share the love of the love of God with other people. That's wonderful. So um, I'm so happy that the event, the mission trip went so well. When you're looking at the future, what does the next trip look like? Um, what lessons did you take away from this to help you with the next one? There were some logistical tweaks that I would make as the, um, the coordinator of things. And I would like to have more volunteers next time. We did well with the people that we had, but it would just be a little, a little smoother to have another volunteer with us. Um, as far as participation, the, the crew that we took was up and ready to work and really impressed me even with their work stamina and their willingness to put themselves out there all day for the day. Um, but also next time I'd like to build in a little more fun, fun time to go and see something in Philadelphia and to experience the city a little bit more while we're there. Um, we are definitely looking towards next time. We're looking at doing this in the fall of 2024. And my hope is that we we had 10 registered initially. I, I'd like to get 15. I'd like to slowly and steadily grow this as more and more people are seeing that there's such a benefit in the opportunity to serve. Can you tell me how has the Flores community embraced access ministries, but also how did you all kind of communicate this mission trip, but also to let them know how it went um, and what happened with the participants. So as far as, as, as marketing and communication, I actually kind of targeted participants from, from programs. Um, we did share information with the congregation that the trip was coming up in case anybody had a niece or a neighbor or you know, a former student or, you know, just somebody that they knew who might want to come. Um, we had full encouragement and backing from the congregation. Everybody was very excited that this is going to happen. Um, I hope that next time that also translates into meaning that we have 
eager volunteers ready to go with us um, because I can't do it all alone. You know, it's it's access ministries and it belongs to Flores. It doesn't just belong to me. Um, so, you know, the ownership of the entire congregation um, putting their effort and their time into it as well is something that I look forward to. Um, we just got back a few days ago, so I have sent some pictures on to the communications team and, you know, really just at, at, at lunch, I've been able to chat with the staff about it. And I'm sure that in the next couple, well, I mean, we're coming up on Christmas so soon, probably right after January, <laughs> we'll have a big um, opportunity to share with the congregation uh, some more pictures and videos and some testimonies from some of the participants um, as to what they enjoyed about the experience and how it impacted them. That's great. Um, so is there anything else about this mission experience, mission at Flores that you want to share that I haven't asked yet? There's nothing specific. Um, and I think I've said a few times in a few different ways that recognizing that everyone has something to offer, everyone has something to give. It's just, it's really important as far as being a Christian and accepting our neighbors, loving our neighbors and encouraging our neighbors. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your time, Lauren, for sharing this mission experience. And hopefully those who listen to this podcast can get some ideas and also be open to an experience they didn't know that their church could take part in um, and welcome individuals too. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate your time and your great questions. And now for our last word. It's really quite simple. I hope that the joy and peace of this season will be with you and your loved ones. We will see you all in 2024. This has been the Audio Advocate for December. Access this podcast and other Connectional Ministry podcasts through many platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and the conference website. For weekly news, please subscribe to the Advocate newsletter where you can find more news from around our conference and the denomination. Thank you for joining me for this quick episode. Next year especially will be a big year with General Conference at the end of April. I also want to share that Connectional Ministries will be revamping our podcast network as well. So we look forward to bringing you new content from various staff and Bishop Sue as well. So see you all in 2024.